On this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we bring in Jacob Winans to discuss the past week that was for the Cats. We are going to be discussing a trade looming around the Panthers. Who who could it be that could be shipped off of the roster? And we are going to preview tonight's game between the Florida Panthers and the 17-2-0 Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Wednesday, November 23rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. So, Cats fans... We we have a game tonight, so the Florida Panthers will be welcoming in the Boston Bruins for their first visit to FLA Live Arena tonight in in their pre uh, in a game prior to Thanksgiving and right before they go on their Western Canadian trip. Of course, they're going to have one game uh, before they go on that trip, and it's a. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll discuss more in segment number three on like how we're feeling going into this game, but of course it's a Winans Wednesday, which means Jacob Winans is here to on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Jacob, welcome back, and mo- most importantly, usually we get we do these podcast late at night but thank you for waking up early uh with me to record this winans wednesday edition of the show absolutely bright and early today um i'm usually not up for another hour and a half so this is new for me but i'm (laughs) happy to do it yeah so so uh jacob uh last night uh made his way down to south florida so uh he's back home for thanksgiving and and of course, it was a little a little hard to do a recording last night. But thank thank you once again for uh, for jumping on up. Uh, by the way, before we discuss the 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 week that was for the Panthers, uh, are you going to any games this week? This week, uh, I'm gonna attempt to get to the, the game tonight against Boston. So um, I'm not gonna be down here too long. I have to head back home or head back up to Orlando um, on Friday night. So I'm gonna attempt to get to the game against Boston tonight. Yeah, and and speaking and speaking of uh, and it's it's ever since you've uh, you've uh, the your last appearance on the show, we were discussing the we were just coming off of the forty plus uh, save win for Sergey Bobrovsky against the Washington Capitals, but ever since that game, uh, the Panthers are on a three game losing streak, giving up five plus goals uh, to their opposition in each of those games. Um, let's get a little bit of a wellness check of where you think the Panthers are at in this moment in time. Um, yeah, so this past week obviously was uh, definitely not what anyone was hoping for. Um, personally, I, I going back, um, 
over like if you if you were to go back on my Twitter, I just a couple weeks ago I mentioned how the home stand was going to be pretty rough. Um, some really good teams in the building, and the Panthers still just hadn't really seemed to find their groove yet. Uh, it, it ended up turning out that way. And then what was really unexpected was that that loss in Columbus where they just looked flat, uh, disengaged, uninterested. Um, it's, and then the goaltending in that game was just probably the worst performance we've seen all season. It's, it's not a good spot they're in right now. Um, now, obviously, it's still early enough where it's not time to hit the panic button. But we are talking about being at that 20-game benchmark now that, that Paul Maurice kind of assured everybody, you know, it's going to take 20 games to get it down. We're right there now. Um, so if there's no if there's no improvement, no grasping of the system at this point, and we we hit that 20 game benchmark with only nine wins under our belt, then uh, we've we've got some real issues, uh, and and there's there's just not a ton of time to fix those things because this is an Atlantic Division that's loaded. Um, it's an Eastern Conference that's loaded, uh, and for the most part, it's it's kind of been a down start to the year. Uh, so the Panthers are very fortunate to to still right to be still right in the middle of this race, um, but as, as Panthers fans, we know how crucial it is to start seasons well. We've seen good teams. Panthers have had good teams in the last five to seven years that completely missed the playoffs and were were, were out of the race just because of a slow start. Even even when they've been among the best teams in the NHL, the second half of the season or even the final. 50 plus games of a season. They they were just so far behind to start the year. There was no catching up. So yeah, and it's we, funny we've because, seen that happen. Yeah, it's funny because uh, the the Panthers are facing Boston tonight, and then I remember just a few years ago. I I I I I'm not sure if it was 2018 or 2019 where their final game was against Boston, but that didn't mean anything because that was a rescheduled game from a snowstorm a, a few months uh, prior prior to that, and all the Panthers needed. I believe was the Philadelphia Flyers to defeat the, uh, excuse me, the Rangers to beat the Flyers. Uh, and, and that, and that didn't happen. So uh, yeah. Uh, lo- you don't want to be playing a, a game of, of catch up in the NHL, especially, especially how, when you, of course, when you look at games in hand, I, I mean, the Panthers don't really have games in hand right now, uh, except really on the Maple Leafs, but you don't want to be playing that game of games in hand and just uh, hanging on to hope. And of course, a, a we we've spoken about teams expected to improve and expected to take a step back. I mean, Detroit's a much, uh, a much improved uh, team uh, this year, and Toronto, of course, second in the Atlantic, despite all their injuries to the blue line. Morgan Riley just went on LTIR. They're missing Jake Muzzin as as well, and and they're still twenty twenty five points in twenty games. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, they're always going to be there, uh, and. It's just there. There's got to be a little bit of a of a sense of urgency for this uh, Panthers team to just. It, it doesn't need to be like a five or six game winning streak by any sorts to really catch up. Of course, does that help? Sure, but it's just really about not going on these ex- extended losing streaks. I mean, I spoke about yesterday that this is likely not going to be the, the the three game losing streak is not is probably not going to be the longest that the Panthers uh, will have. It'll probably be longer at some point in the season. Who knows? It could be tonight. I hope not. But uh, it's just really about just staying afloat um, and the coach trusting their players and vice versa. And it's just when you see goal differential at zero, when we, when we've seen how different it was the past few years, it's just, it's just a, 
a, a different uh, territory, no pun intended. Yeah, I agree 100%. It, we're, we're not a team that's going to run teams out of the building anymore. We're, we're not a team that can string together comeback wins. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're somewhere, something like 0-8, 0-9 when starting this, the third period trailing. Um, the, the comebacks aren't coming the way they had been. And now we're, we're in a position where you gotta, you can't count on like a, a super long win streak, but you got to string together two wins, three wins, maybe even four wins here and there between each loss. Um, that's how you climb back in the standing steadily and, and just getting better at taking a point out of a loss. If, if it's a game that they're behind or a game that they, it looks like they're going to lose, you got to find a way to get those games to OT. Uh, take take a loser point here and there. We're, we're we're not doing that as well as we could be. A lot of one goal, two goal losses where they don't get it. They don't get it past regulation. So it's it's little things like that where you can you can climb the standings. But yeah, stringing together two wins or three wins between between losses. That's really what we're what we're looking for. It doesn't have to be a a, a set the world on fire heater as Jack Hughes would say. We we don't have to go on a on a thirteen game heater like the Devils. We can we can string together a, a few quality wins between each loss and we'll be just fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, the exact record for the Panthers when trailing after two is 0-6-1 on, on the season. And when they lead after two, 7-0-1. So big difference when you get off to a, a fast start versus versus uh, versus playing from behind and, mo and multiple times really in just these, these last three games the Panthers have just uh falling behind and just playing that game of catch up and that's not a place that they they want to be but in the next segment we are going to give an update on anthony duclair's injury and where he's ex when he's expected to come back and what's got to happen for him to be activated for the florida panthers but right now we're going to tell you all about athletic greens and our next partner is a product that i literally use every day because sometimes I need a little bit of a break from the coffee, even though you see me drinking coffee right now on, on this show. But sometimes I need to get away from that and take some athletic greens. But what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging all the things right right now right right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your per first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com nhl network Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Back on this Wine and Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, uh, Armando Velez, I got Jacob Winans here on this Wine and Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jacob, so back a few months ago, uh, well, a month ago, really, on the home opener, we were I, I was in person uh, speaking with Paul Maurice, Bill Zito, discussing the update on Anthony Duclair. Uh, and, of course, as far as when the games are going on, he's not really seen on camera for, like, the Bally Sports broadcast and all that stuff. But 
uh, I did see him on I did see him on opening night uh, walking uh, with 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 his sticks uh, with him outside the locker room in his suit. So he's consistently around the team. Jameson Olive and Doug Plagans on the latest uh, episode of Terry Territory Talk also uh, confirmed that he's consistently around the team. He's always in meetings and all. But here's one thing that we did not know uh, as far as whether he's skating or not until just yesterday uh, when Frank Cervelli uh, posted on Daily Faceoff about Anthony Duclair. He started uh, skating individually uh, away when the cameras are off. So, but also when I saw him last month, I didn't, I did not see a noticeable limp from Anthony Duclair. So just looking at him and observing, I'm like, okay, he looks like he's has a little pep in his step. So thumbs up, good news for Duke. And starting some individual skating, um, who who knows when he's going to be uh, practicing? Uh, Paul, Paul Marie said maybe something around like late December, early January for 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 the Cats. Uh, so, but he started skating. But of course, a trade has got to happen in order to fit Anthony Duclair in. And Frank Cervelli on Daily Faceoff spoke about either trading Anthony Duclair to create that space for the Cats. Or shipping out a player like Sam Reinhart or Sam Bennett. But nowhere in that article is a mention of Patrick Hornquist uh, as far as a as a trade to create uh, space for to bring Anthony Duclair back to the roster. Um, let, let, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, what are your thoughts when you saw that Frank Cervelli article from Daily Faceoff? Well, for starters, um, the idea of just getting rid of Duclair and rolling with this roster, I think is, um, I think you're you're pretty much dooming yourself to a mediocre season uh, if you just give away Duclair for for nothing just to get cap get cap compliant. Um, I think any trade that has to be made should be made with the goal of bringing Duclair back onto the roster, not not just to get under the cap permanently and and for this season and move on from Duclair who has um two more years on his deal at a very reasonable and and honestly a steal of a cap hit for a 30 goal scorer um you just don't give away those type of players um so i would hope that bill zito has a plan in place uh to to get this done before it's before it's time for duclair to come off ltir and and we're we're stuck giving away one of our our best top six wingers uh for literally nothing um with that said I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe we're going to move Sam Reinhardt, especially midseason. Uh, he carries a, a relatively large cap hit to just be traded in, as a midseason piece. Uh, I know he's he got off to a slow start this year. I know the numbers haven't been there, but he's still a guy I don't think you can part with offensively, um, given that the Panthers are pretty limited offensively this year uh, as far as forwards go. Sam Bennett, I could see him moved potentially uh, just because the the emergence of Anton Lindell and Etulo Strenin, uh were, were really solid at center uh, with or without Sam Bennett. But the way he's playing, um, he's been crucial to the Cats' success this year. I would be, I'd be pretty disappointed to see him uh, shipped out. For me, I think a lot of these guys, that, the guys you were talking about here, Ryan Hart, Bennett, Duclair, they're young players on very reasonable cap hits for the next multiple years. I, I don't under, I don't really understand why it's those guys that are being mentioned as the trade pieces given that our cap crunch is is a one-year issue I, I don't see the the i don't really see the benefit in trading away one of those guys who's locked in with term um when we have cap space going forward beyond this year the obvious answer to me 
is Patrick Hornquist. Uh, now, that's not a knock on him as a player. I love what he brings to the team, um, but he's clearly declined. He's on the fourth line. He has not really produced this year, and he seems like the, the most obvious answer uh, to be traded. Now, for a team to bail us out of this cap crunch that we're in, it's going to have to be Patrick Hornquist plus something, um, whether that's a, a draft pick, a prospect, but whoever takes Patrick Hornquist off our hands is going to want something in return for doing it. Um, but then there's also the idea, the, the notion that uh, Hornquist could be stashed on, stashed on LTIR um, with an injury of some sort. I mean, I don't necessarily love the Tampa Bay way of doing things where you stash a guy on LTIR just because. Brent Seabrook. Um, exactly. But, you know, I, I could see it happening. The, the style of play Hornquist plays, his age, uh, this in all likelihood, it, it, I don't want to speculate on his future, but I wouldn't be shocked if this is his last year in the NHL. I could see him stashed on LTIR until the end of the season, um, given that he's always playing through some sort of injury. This is a guy who's, who's never one, he, he's never healthy. Um, and that's not a knock on him or his durability. If anything, it's a, it's a testament to his durability, the fact that he suits up every night, taking the kind of punishment he's taken over his career. So the obvious answer to me is something will, has to or will be done with Hornquist in particular, whether that's a trade or, or a long stint on injured reserve. But um, just giving away Bennett, Reinhardt, Duclair, one of those guys for, for pennies, I, I don't know. I don't see it. Mm. And Sam Bennett is has seven points in his last five games. Sam Reinhardt was just coming off a uh, three-game goal streak right before the Columbus game as well. So it's but uh, I, I have done some math with trading uh, Sam Bennett off the roster. Uh, you can you can bring at least two players up if you're able to, and you'll have cap space it, next year and beyond uh, sixteen million to be exact. Uh, but if you're gonna trade Anthony Duclair, you might as well not trade him at all because you could. If he can't be activated, he could still just skate individually. He just can't play. Uh, so I, 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 I just don't think that I just don't think that there would be a point in in trading him. It's, and and I don't know if teams would be be able be willing to pull the trigger based on him not being in game action yet. So I think the less likely scenario is Anthony Duclair actually being the one uh, getting traded uh, for for the Panthers. Uh, like like I said, uh, Sam Bennett's a uh, the, the number around Sam Bennett would create 1.6 in cap space. So that that's enough to bring a player of like who's a, who has a cap hit of like 75 uh, K and, and a player somewhere around 800 K. So if you bring one player, that's like 900 K that makes it difficult to bring another, another player in. So that means probably Grigory Denisenko won't be, won't be uh, brought up to the roster who, Grigory Danisenko, once again, he got a game-winning goal and uh, and the excuse me, a game-tying goal and then a, a shootout uh, uh, winning goal uh, against the Wilkes-Barre uh, Scranton Penguins the other day. But it's just, it's just, of course, this was a difficult situation for the Panthers to be in, and even trading half of his salary and keeping retaining half won't put the Panthers cap compliant uh, for for when uh, Anthony Duclair does come back. So you got to do something around seventy-five percent plus for the Panthers in order to bring Duclair back if you're going to trade Patrick Hornquist. And the other thing is, just the other day, I believe it was Saturday's game uh, versus the Calgary Flames. or No, no, it was it was Saturday's game. Uh, they mic'd up Patrick Hornquist. And it's so and it's so great. And it's so great watching him on the bench, his passion. He's always talkative. And, uh, and the players love him. And 
they're not they're not going to put him on waivers. They're they're just not going to. It, it's it, you you got to put a little bit of respect on on players when it comes to when it when it comes to what they mean to the team. And I think that will create some tension in the locker room if you do end up doing that for 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 Patrick Hornquist. But uh, I it, it's just the the cap is really difficult to uh, to to see. But also the, the the twenty the the minimum of twenty players is even harder to watch uh, for this team. Yeah, I agree. There's no pun intended, but they're skating on thin ice um, on a nightly basis um, because any injuries any injury they have, they're playing a game short of man. Um, and it, there's a lot of teams in a similar situation with the cap, but it, this is just not sustainable. Um, I, it's it's a situation where you you can't have a successful season like this. Uh, especially when the bottom bottom of your lineup consists of a lot of veteran guys, older guys that are that are required to play every game simply because of the numbers. Um, a guy like Eric Stahl, a guy like Mark Stahl, um, a guy like Patrick Hornquist, these are guys who are up there in years who, who've played a ton of hockey. Uh, so the, they're guys who normally at this, at this stage in their career are not being asked to play every night. Uh, that there's healthy scratches in there. There's rest days for these guys, and and you're just not getting that right now. Uh, and it's it, it is definitely um, to the detriment of the on ice result. Uh, and and you can't you literally can't afford any injuries at this point um, unless it's something long term. So it, it's 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 a really difficult situation to be in, and it's it's really not something that can be sustained over the course of an entire season. Yeah, for sure. So. It so Panther fans, just as far as uh, as uh, Duke Duclair's status uh, for for the, this team, still a little bit away from him uh, returning. Don't don't expect them to uh, return at least for another month at minimum. Uh, so we, we could we could see him late December. We could see him early January. We could also see him a little bit later, based on if the Panthers are able to move someone. But once again, I think the less likely scenario is Anthony Duclair getting traded because GMs, I don't know if I don't know if they want to trade for someone if they haven't seen them in game action yet. But in the third and final segment, we are going to preview tonight's game between the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers as the 17-2-0 Boston Bruins will be making their way to FLA Live Arena tonight. Third and final segment here on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Ramondo Velez. I got Jacob Winans here once again. And Jacob, with, with of course, we, we spoke about the losing streak for the Panthers. Uh, and, of course, we've spoken many times during the offseason about our expectations of the Boston Bruins. And, of course, uh, I think even Boston Bruin fans themselves have uh, – are, are surprised by this start by them 17 uh 2 and 0 like like we spoke about Charlie McAvoy and, and Brad Marchand are both averaging uh, a point per per game since they've returned to the lineup uh Hampus Lindholm has held the fort as the number 1 defenseman the third leading scorer on the team Patrice Bergeron's uh faceoff numbers are still over 60% even though he signed a one year deal mul- mul- multiple time Selkie trophy winner just got his 1000th point uh the other day as, as well uh for his uh career David Pasternak, uh, I think he's probably on his next contract. He's probably going to be like an eleven million dollar a year player uh, for for the Boston Bruins. So he's due for a uh, big big uh, big deal for for him. But for the Panthers, 
this is in in the game in games of like the 20s i don't know if there's many uh must win games i don't want to i'm not going to call this a must win but i feel like there there uh this needs to be a sense of urgency type of game and it's been a little while since i felt this nervous about a regular season game for the panthers but tonight especially seeing how they blew out blew the tampa bay lightning out of the building on, on the road I'm a little nervous about this one uh, tonight. I agree. Um, I don't necessarily have the highest expectations for this one. Um, not necessarily because the Panthers are, are a bad team or anything. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but Boston looks like an absolute juggernaut this year. Um, they they're, they look very much like what the Panthers looked like this time last year. Um, they're, they're just running through teams. It doesn't look like anyone can stop them. And, I think tonight's a statement game for the Panthers, whichever way it goes. Um, one, there's a couple factors going into this. One is that we're right at that Thanksgiving break um, where a lot of teams, where you are in Thanksgiving is kind of the measurement for how your season's going to go. Um, the Panthers really could use a win uh, at that threshold right now. And, and I think um, I think they, that they do think about that to an extent. Uh, everyone knows it. this is not just a, uh, it's not a thing that just fans know. Uh, players know that it's that it's important to know where you are uh, when you get to Thanksgiving because you're usually about a quarter of the way through the year at that time. Um, again, the Panthers are in a position where they they've got to get going. This is a division game, uh, so it's it's a big game. Really, really counts as a kind of a four point game, uh, even though I don't see us catching Boston this year on the standings. But you never really know what can happen, uh, and, and it's a four point game. You have to win your division games and and the Panthers need to get off to a good start where that's concerned, um, which they haven't really done so far um, with a loss to Boston and a loss to Tampa already. Uh, losing to the higher-end teams in the division is not a great way to get going. Uh, so it's a, it's a statement game from that perspective. And then just the, the boost that can come along with beating uh, the best team in the East. A uh, team that's 17-2 and has just completely run through everybody, uh, dominated Tampa in their own building the other night. The Panthers can get this win. I think it, it's a, the type of win that can help turn this season around. Uh, it's a big, big confidence booster. Uh, it's it's the affirmation that they can play with the best teams in the league. Uh, snaps the losing skid, sends you into the Thanksgiving break in a good in a good position, and you get a couple days off. You have that nice win under your belt that you that you can go into those few days off with that in the back of your mind, and you come back ready to go right after that uh, for a for a road trip and and. Um, playing some good teams on the road and coming back for a little bit more of an e a slightly easier schedule at home after that. So it's a, it, it's a big night. Um, now as far as regular season games go, this is definitely one that that's a little bit more uh, sense of urgency, a little bit more heightened intensity. And, and I think, I think the Panthers are definitely feeling that because um, they, they've got to maintain that home ice advantage that they've had over the past couple of years. They've dropped the ball a few times recently. Um, not saying we should expect to win, but it's a game that that they have to make sure they're competitive in and give themselves a chance when it gets down to the end. So uh, I'm I'm looking for a good game tonight, and and just the one thing you can't have is, is getting run out of your building and 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 go into that Thanksgiving uh, break on a four game skid with just giving up uh, a, an avalanche of goals lately. I, I think they have to right the ship, and this is a good chance to do it. 
Yeah, and especially with another team that's going to come into the to the building on Saturday, the St. Louis Blues, who were off to a uh, pretty horrid start, and then now they they they're they've been on a little bit of a streak uh, themselves in the last week. So they're they have two teams who are coming in hot, and then and then right right prior to that is uh, is also the the and also after that, excuse me, is their Western Canadian trip. And of course, those waking up in a different time zone and playing a game is uh, never easy, especially when you're facing McDavid, uh, a Calgary team that you just recently uh, saw in your own building. Of course, we're going to be talking about Matthew Kachuk's uh, return to Calgary in a, in a uh, later on in the week, as there's still three more games uh, to play. But also another player I want to talk about for the, for the Boston Bruins is Linus Allmark. Uh, even even in the last two years with the Buffalo Sabers, I mean, in in uh, 2020, uh, despite being some of the um, the the, wor- the worst team in the NHL, I mean, he sported a a 2.6 GAA and and even had a winning record. Even though I don't really subscribe to goalie wins, but Linus Allmark has a lot to do with it. And they they for a lot for a while they've seen Jeremy Swayman as their their future of in between the pipes and they're getting the and they're getting this from the play of the of the guy who's just who was seen as kind of a placeholder uh for a little bit right before Jeremy Swayman was going to take uh the, the between the pipes of course Jeremy Swayman is back uh with with the Boston Bruins he just got activated but uh also also that that's just another thing that's uh that's uh, going well for Boston is uh, right now Linus Allmark's numbers uh, as far as GAA is just under two. Yeah, he, he's definitely been among the best goalies in the NHL this year. Uh, and, and even before he really broke out as one of the top goalies in the league, uh, he's always been kind of a problem goalie for the Panthers. Uh, even back when he was with Buffalo, uh, we've seen him have some really good games against Florida. We've seen him win a couple of shootouts. If I'm not mistaken, he might be the, the best, uh, shootout goalie in the NHL uh, act, currently active uh, by save percentage in shootouts, which is kind of an interesting stat, not something that, that many people think about is, is your uh, career record in, in shootouts and your save percentage in shootouts, but he's it, it shows that he's really solid. He doesn't make the first move often, and you have to uh, get traffic to beat him because if it's one-on-one, he's, he's still got an 80, 80-something percent chance of stopping you one-on-one, so uh, he's he's a really good goalie. He's definitely one of the most underrated players in the NHL, and that's that's one thing about Boston. Um, they they always get good goaltending. It doesn't matter who it is. They it's almost like in the in in the NFL when you're able to transition from quarterback to quarterback over the course of guys' careers and always have a good one. You're always going to be competitive, and that's Boston with their goaltending. Uh, they, they've they've never really had uh, a, a stretch where they got really poor goaltending or didn't have the option in net. You go from Tim Thomas to Tuka Rask, Rask. And, and then from Tuka Rask, you go to Olmark and Swayman, and it's just, they, they just have an endless supply, of, a, a revolving door of, of really good quality goaltending. And that's that's what's, what's kept them competitive. It's kept their window open for literal decades now. And, and they, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a game where the Panthers are going to have a ton of chances and they're not going to score a ton of goals. Um, they're going to have to capitalize on special teams, special teams, special teams. That Boston power play is lethal. Uh, David Pasternak is one of the best shooters uh, in the NHL. And on the power play, he's an absolute uh, sniper. And, and then you've got Bergeron, who, again, congratulations to Bergey for his thousandth point. That is a huge milestone. Um, and and he's still playing his best hockey. Brad Marchand's out there. Charlie McAvoy's out there. There's 
a lot of weapons on that team. So you have to win the special teams battle. Uh, and, and our goaltending has to be up there uh, competitive with theirs. And, and that's, that's really going to be the key to this game. But yeah, Boston, they, they, they just always seem to find the answers. It didn't look like they would this year with all their injuries and they just somehow find the answers every year. So we're, it's going to be a battle tonight. Definitely. Mm. And of, uh, of, uh, tw- of, of the 29 points that David Pasternak has, 13 of them have been on the power play four four power play goals, nine power play assists. So, Definitely being the major difference maker for the Boston Bruins, and l- just look at, listen to all these uh, statistics for uh, for uh, Boston. Power play percentage third, PK second, faceoffs second, goals for first, goals against first, and shots against ninth. So they're they're not they're not only getting the saves, but they're not allowing pressure on Allmark and Swayman as well around their net. So, and also goes back to how it, it also tells us how, how crucial coaching is. I mean, even before Jim Montgomery got fired from the Dallas stars, I, I was looking up his record of the, the Dallas stars had 37 points in 30, in 30 games uh, for, for right before he got fired. And that was a team that went to the Stanley cup final that year before Rick bonus uh, took over for uh, the Dallas stars. So, just goes to to show what a difference in a voice can do, and of course, Jace, Dick DeBrusque rescinded his trade request as well. I, I know he got an extension right before that, but also goes to show what a difference a coach uh, can make and uh, a, a confidence that a player can have. And Jake DeBrusque has definitely been uh, a product of Jim Montgomery's system. Yeah, for sure, um, Montgomery. It so, sometimes coaches are are judged um, based on their performance and with one team uh, or their lack of lack of success in one city. But so much of what the NHL is, is about a coach and a team finding that fit. Um, there, there's good coaches, really good coaches out there who, who don't have success because they they're coaching a team that doesn't fit what they want to do, or they just don't mesh well with the players. And you got to remember coaching player relationships. Everyone is a person. It's not like it's just plug and play. Uh, you have to you have to mesh as a person and you have to mesh with um, the, the style of play that each of these guys has. You have to find a way to tailor it to that team. And for whatever reason, it just seems like Jim Montgomery and Boston have have clicked just from the start. Um, Boston was really raked over the coals for the, their handling of, of uh, Coach Cassidy over the over the offseason. It seemed like they were uh, almost just heading into a voluntary rebuild. And, and it, from the outside looking in, that's kind of what it looked like. But you know, now, now we're kind of seeing you know, Montgomery was definitely the man for the job there. Uh, it seems like they found a great fit uh, Montgomery and this current Boston roster. Uh, sometimes it just, it just clicks. And right now it's clicking for them. And, and the Panthers are going to have to, uh, they're going to have to find a way to, to sort of rain on that parade tonight because the, the Bruins, they, they've looked unstoppable. And, mm-hmm. and, and Florida is a team that's, that's really looking to gain their footing. They need a quality win. They have to get a confidence boosting win, and if you can if you can come in and handle business against a, a Boston team that's well coached, um, that's very deep, that that's playing clicking on all cylinders, has years of chemistry behind them. I think I think that goes a long way if you're able to come in and get a win on home ice against a team like that. Because Boston is, like you said, coaching has been there, goaltending's been there. They they're ranking in the top ten of every major category, top five in most. Um, that, that's that's a juggernaut this year, and beating a juggernaut goes a long way. 
Mm-hmm. And you and you said it best, confidence boosting win, not necessarily a must win for the Panthers, but definitely one that could change the, the, the tides as far as uh, their season, that's for sure. But Jacob, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Hopefully by this time next week, we will be there'll be four games up for the Panthers by the time you come back uh, next week. And hopefully we're talking about uh, 180 from what uh, the Panthers have had in 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 this next week for uh, the Cats. But thank you once again for joining me and tell everybody where they can follow you online. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, you can follow me online at Jacob Winans 8. I'll definitely be active there tonight during the game. And uh, just to all the listeners, the viewers, everybody have a happy, healthy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, definitely enjoy some family time and, and hopefully we get a win tonight. Uh, send everybody into your Thanksgiving on a positive note. Hopefully a win tonight for the Panthers and a Bills loss on Thanksgiving Day. That's for sure. And oh, of course, you're a, your Cowboys player. That's for that's for sure. So. Uh, not 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 necessarily rooting for the Cowboys, but not necessarily rooting against them neither. So good luck to your Cowboys as well. So thank you once again, Jacob, and I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to all the shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL. Locked on Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Locked on NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked on Sports Today. Locked on Sports Today is a 20-minute or less podcast covering everything throughout the entirety of the sports scene. You'll get exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Locked on Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Sarmamanda Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>